the title of my message is um, His Name is Wonderful. And, uh, and so we'll be focusing on, on that. But, you know, I just wanted to say, you know, thanks to all the parents, you know, for letting us have your kids and, uh, and, and just making that time. I know you had to go during some of those days and, and, and you just made time. But it was such a blessing. You know, it, it just shows us how, uh, how easy it is to share God's message and, and how... Uh, uh, anybody can share this message, and, and I just I love this video because it just kind of reminds me of this TV show, The Office, and and so it's like they're just telling us the story, and uh, and that's what it should be. It should be simple, and it should be easy to understand, and and so easy that a child could just repeat it back to us, and um, and so I, I just love that, and um, and so one of the things that we can we think about when we. Uh, think about the Christmas season is that it's, it's a time to celebrate, um, and there, it's a time to uh, even um, think about uh, there's, there's times when it's, we're, it's not the best season in our life, and uh, me and Jen were just talking about it on, on Saturday, about how, uh, how like when we were single, uh, we wanted to be with somebody, and uh, and how it was hard, and we wanted to spend that time with somebody, and now this is the season where we get to celebrate time together, and and and, and we enjoy that. And so, the, well, the reason I'm bringing that up is that you know, in Christmas season, seasons come and they go, but Jesus remains the same. Jesus remains the same. He, he says that his name is Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And so he has this multifaceted name uh, which speaks of this personal relationship, this story about how he loves us. And so um, a lot of us, that we've grown up in church, and maybe you've heard this story many times about how Jesus has come uh, and, and is born to us, and, but there's power in his name. And so um, he loves us. And just like when we, we uh, listen to our kids just share with us, this is the story of Jesus. We have to ask, what did he do? And I'm just going to read scripture of what did Jesus do? Philippians 2, 5 through 11 in the message says, Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but he didn't think so much of himself. He had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When that time came, he set aside the privileges of deity And he took on the status of a slave and became human. Having become humans, he stayed human. It was was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim any special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life. And then he died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honored him far above anyone or anything ever so that all created beings in heaven and on earth, those, even those long ago dead and buried, will bow in worship before Jesus Christ and called out in praise that he is the master of all to the glorious honor 
of our God and Father. And so Jesus' name is wonderful. And so his, his name isn't meant to, to lose this awesome wonder. And if, if I can say it like this, you let me say it like this. When we like try to find something, when we acquire something new or we discover something um, amazingly new, like say we're, um, you know, if we buy a new car or we have a new home or we get into a new relationship, there's this... It's normal to say that there's a honeymoon process. There's a, a honeymoon period. And, and when we are in that period of time, um, we, we have this, this passion, this irresistible passion to want to spend time with that one thing in our life. And, and then we would even, we would, we, when we think of this word wonder, um, Eventually, that honeymoon period starts to wear off. And we would describe that as a natural process. And his name, Wonderful, isn't the same. And so when we use the word wonderful and and we describe this word wonderful, Jesus' name is different. Wonder can leave us in one moment because we let it become familiar. But Jesus' name isn't. And that's what I want us to talk about. That his name is in the past, present, and future. His name remains the same. Jesus doesn't leave us. He is with us wherever we go. And so um, the, the scripture that I'm going to read is, is Isaiah 9, 1 through 7. And, and when Isaiah is, is writing this scripture, um, this is happening 700 years before Jesus comes. And just a little context of this scripture. Before Isaiah had written these scriptures, before he was born, and before God had revealed these things to him, Assyria, this ancient army, uh, empire, had been expanding for about 150 years. And so Israel was in this uh, civil war, which had ended up dividing the kingdom. And so there was this northern kingdom and southern kingdom. And so while he was this young prophet, there was this national crisis. The Assyrians had captured all of the northern kingdom. And then the enemy was coming into their kingdom. And so there was this national turmoil, which Isaiah speaks of. So in the midst of this tornado of depravity, the country hasn't listened to God. And being drawn into sin of the world, the prophet Isaiah says, even though you are seeing your family ripped apart, even though you are losing everything, there's still hope. There's still hope. Maybe not today, but there's hope. Because one day there will be a king that will take this kingdom that's being split apart and he'll bring it together. 
And, he, and you will be God's people. That this king would rise as a king and he would be a hope to future generations. And so God spoke through Isaiah that he, God, would deliver them again. And so in Isaiah 9.1, I'm reading in the New Living Translation, we see Israel living in this dark age and they're brought into a great light. And so it says, nevertheless, that time of darkness and repair will not go on forever. And the land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled. And so Isaiah, what he's doing is he's speaking about how, yes, we saw how the Assyrians, they came and they took the northern kingdom. But then he weaves in this fabric of hope. He says, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. Verse 2, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. And you will enlarge the nation of Israel. And its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. And like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. And so, if you remember the, the, the army of Midian, what it's talking about is there was a story uh, where God in the Old Testament sees his people being oppressed. And he raises up this man named Gideon, who is just a normal guy, hiding from the enemy, trying to make his own food. And God raises him up to break the oppressor's rod, that he is a God who will save us from those who oppress us. Let me just continue on. Verse 5, the boots of the warrior and the, and the uniform, bloodstained by war, will all be burned, and they will be fueled for the fire. Verse 6, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or, or of peace on the throne of David or over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. When we think of this word wonder, when we think of this word wonder, 
we have to think about it like this, that when we become familiar with something, it becomes an afterthought. Because we begin to understand it. And even if we can't fully understand this, this thing, this object, this person, we find ways that, easier ways to understand this thing that was so fascinating to us. And what we have to do is we have to look at the past to understand what made this thing so wonderful. And Spurgeon, what he does is he uses this example of how in his time, the telegraph was this amazing piece of technology. For us, in our day and age, it's FaceTime. It's just being able to talk to people instantly, seeing their face. We don't have to wonder what, what their, their inflections are when they look at each other. We can, we can actually notice them. But for him... It was an amazing time when, when, when you had to send information by, by man, by boats, by horses. Um, it was a time of, of a revolution for communication. And so what I'm trying to say is that, is that Jesus is wonderful because, his, is because he never loses this sense of wonder. And, and the reason why I was bringing up this example of, of looking at the past, Spurgeon does it in a, in a, in a way like this where he, he talks about how his name is, is wonderful and, and the way that he describes it. As is, is he says, we, we, we have to look at the past to understand the present and the future and, and, and to understand Jesus' name. And he, and he uses this example as if, you, if, you, if a young child wonders at the answers of, of an older person giving them answers, the, ch- the child wonders why this parent knows or this person knows so much. And then he describes how there's something that's older than man that has weathered more storms than, than a man. And he, he uses a tree. Trees live longer than, than man, many generations even. And even older than a tree is the soil. And the soil is older than the tree because the tree came from the soil. And even beyond the soil, there was the bedrock. And before the bedrock, there were angels watching creation being formed. And, and the angels, they have to wonder, what was before us? And it was God. It was God three in one, Jesus. Jesus was 
God, three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when we look at this Christmas story, we see this baby being born. And to the human standard, it seems that this baby is helpless, but the Savior, but he's the Savior of the world. And so, we're going to just, I'm going to paraphrase Luke chapter 1, where 700 years later, Isaiah's words are spoken, and God's plan unfolds. And so, God sends an angel who stands in his presence. And he comes and he visits Mary. The virgin woman still still to be buried by this man, Joseph. And Gabriel, he blesses her. And he says, Mary, you've been, you are, you are a favored woman. God is with you. Among all the women that you are blessed. But Mary stood there wondering why she had received this greeting. And so Gabriel reassures her that God had chose her, that there isn't anything to fear. And that God has found her favorable. And then what Gabriel does is he begins to share everything that will happen for her. He says, you're, you're going to be pregnant. It's going to be a son. You will name him Jesus. And he'll be called the son of the highest. And he will be given David's throne. And Jesus would reign over the house of Jacob, these 12 tribes... And there would be no end to his kingdom. And for Mary, it's like, how do you respond to this? And she does a great job. She says, in my own words, how are you sure? How can this happen? I haven't been with a man before. And the angel says, I know. There's a miracle. It's a miracle. God's spirit will come upon you and his power will overshadow you. And the, baby, and the baby being born will also be called the son of God. And then the angel even points to her older cousin, Elizabeth, that she's going to conceive the son and, and this is happening right now. She hasn't miscarried. And then he ends with this. We were singing it today. For with God, nothing will be impossible. And so Mary just responds with just a great response. She just says, I'm your servant. I'm a servant to the Lord. According to your word, let it be. And so I'm going to read the story of what these wonderful kids shared about. He says, Luke 2, 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep, And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem. 
the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others and the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those whom, with whom God is pleased. Verse 15, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us. Why, why does Jesus' name remain present? Why are we still talking about Jesus' name? There's a story in the, in the New Testament about, about this man named Zacchaeus where Jesus speaks to Zacchaeus' name. He says, Zacchaeus, come out of that sycamore tree. And what happens in this story, we, we don't have time to read it, in Luke 19. But what happens in this story is we find ourselves in the story of Zacchaeus. In, in, in whatever circumstance we have, in some way we find ourselves in his shoes. We've tried everything. And everything that we do doesn't satisfy. Doesn't even come close. And then we hear about this this name, this name keeps coming up, Jesus. And then we, we wonder and we want to find out about Jesus. Because Jesus keeps saying, I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to leave you. Past, present, and future, I'm going to be with you. And what happens in the present is that out of our wretched sin, he pardons our sin. And he saves and he washes us. He cleanses us. He forgives us of our sins. And what he does is he brings us to the cross and he he says, I forgive you now. But it's not that he just forgives us for all the sin that we committed, but he forgives us for all the sin that we're going to commit against him. Past, present, and future. And, And the amazing thing that blows my mind is that the reason for this wonder isn't that he, that he forgave us. It's that he came to us personally. That just like Zacchaeus, he calls us by name and he says, get out of that tree. What are you doing? Come to me. Turn from your way and come follow me. Trust in me. Pursue me. And I will be with you. I'm not going to leave you. He keeps bringing me this scripture of Isaiah 9-7 about this future and this hope. If I can have the worship team come on up. There is a future and a hope. And in this verse, Isaiah, 
he speaks of this, the worst moment where the kingdom is being ripped away. But he speaks of this hope of a king who would bring a kingdom together, where he would bring God's people together. And his name is is wonderful. God is a God of wonder. His power is made evident among people who demonstrate the the confirmation of his word. We, We see in scripture, Psalm 77, verse 11. He says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. Verse 14, you are are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. In Matthew 25, 13, Jesus gives us this warning that we have to stay alert. That this, this wonder of him has to remain present, that there is there's this expectation that he's coming back. And that's what Isaiah is speaking about. He's saying, so stay alert. And, and Jesus is saying these words, stay alert. You have no idea when he might arrive. But the good news is that Jesus, when we look at his name, his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. When we, when we look at this, his message to us is he's not like any other leader. He's not like anyone else. When he says wonderful counselor, he's saying he doesn't need anybody else's counsel. He doesn't look to somebody else. He is our counsel. And we, that word wonderful actually means miracle. So he is our miracle. He's our miracle. And the miracle is, is that today we don't have to wait and, and wonder in expectation. Can we, when can we come? He says, come right now. He says, so let us come boldly to the throne of his gracious God There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. And when he says everlasting father, by knowing Jesus, we get to know our creator. We get to know where we came from. And when he says prince of peace, by the obedience of one man, there's peace between God and man if we desire to have this relationship. My last scripture is is 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 19. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. And the old life is gone, and the new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. When we sing about his wonder, when we, when we worship him, what we're remembering is, is he forgave us, but that he came for us. 
And when we sing together as, as a family, we're not, we're not just singing as a whole group. We're singing individually to him because he calls us by name. And so let me just, let me just pray. Lord, we just thank you so much for the fact that you came, that you came for us and that you are wonderful, God. We just ask you, Lord, that you would help us to keep in mind that you are wonderful. That the miracle is, is that you came for us, each one of us, You called us out like Zacchaeus. And you said that you would be with us every step of the way. And we ask you, Lord, that you would help us this week that that as we're spending time with our families, as we are even remembering that maybe our family is away that you haven't left, that you are with us wherever we go. And you will remain faithful to the very end. You are our everlasting Father. You are our Creator. We thank you, Jesus, for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.